Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Happy Mother's Day. Whatever that means for you. Truth is, is that we all are here because of our moms. And so I want to be able to kind of lead you in through some things that I feel like can speak true to you this Mother's Day. And my wife and I, Kelly, was going to be preaching, set to preach today. And uh, we were having a conversation earlier this week on a, just, I don't know what that's called, a little shuttle. And we were looking at each other, like, you know what, I think I'm going to preach this Sunday. And she, she, this was together. Like, we're like, I feel like you should preach. I'm like, yeah, I think I, I'm going to preach this Sunday. And, and um, I believe that I have a word for you, not really in the, the context of Awakening Your Purpose, which is a phenomenal series. How many of y'all appreciate Pastor Tyler, who brought a phenomenal word last week? He ain't even in here. I wasted my breath. No, no, all right. But it was a great series, and I encourage you to go back and give it a listen. And oh, I see him right there, right there, back there, right? And uh, uh, it was a great sermon series, and be sure to come next week because we're going to be talking about spiritual awareness and winning where it matters, and we can win in the flesh, but how many of y'all know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against spirits and principalities of this dark world, right? But today, I, I feel like I'm on an assignment, and that's an assignment to shift your focus. It's an assignment to shift what are you looking at today, and and whether it been for whatever you're coming in here with over the last three years, um, I'd say a lot of different people are struggling with a lot of different things. And uh, one of these primary things that keeps coming up is this one word called discouragement. Because a lot of people, whether it be through the great resignation, has changed jobs and moved areas and, and to, moved to different churches, different towns, different things. And as you start something new, you had a hope of what it could be, but sometimes you have that letdown, and, and so it's this, just this discouragement that can come over you, and, and I believe that there's a word for you today in this message that can help you know what to do when discouragement comes, and I'm actually going to have them throw the title on the screen right now, and it, it's, it's how to deal with discouragement, a bit of an odd Mother's Day message, and I wanted to change the title last night and this morning, I'm like, how am I going to have this for a Mother's Day sermon? And God says, leave it. Leave it. How to deal with discouragement. And uh, I believe that there's a word in here for you today. And so we're going to dive into scripture after we pray. But right now, I want you to set your hearts on the Lord today. And let's say this prayer. I'll say it, and then you can repeat after me a little bit later. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word that you're giving to your people. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would bless them today. God, that they would hear the voice of a father today, not the voice of this world or not the voice of, of man or the voice of the devil, Lord, or sometimes even themselves, Lord, but they'd be able to hear the voice of a father. Holy Spirit, rest in this place. Do what only you can do. Speak, God. We're listening. We're here. We're ready. So Holy Spirit, once you show up and do what you do best, and that is transforming our hearts. So we put our eyes on you today, Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. God, we look to you. Heavenly Father, and right now, church, would you open up your hands? 
And say these words after me. Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Would you all put your hands together for Jesus today? And before you sit down, just kind of give a high five to someone next to you. Say, Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. There you go. <laughs> well, good morning. Oh, I'm looking for some feedback here. Good morning. Good morning. It's a great day in church today. Back in the building here. Three. I've been I've been out for three weeks, and uh, and we are at HQ. You know, two, two weeks after Easter, three weeks after Easter, and uh, so now it's fresh. It's good to be back in Ralston High School, and excited to be able to share with you guys today on this amazing Mother's Day. It's a day where we celebrate moms, right? Like you would not be here if it wasn't for your mom. So take. Take advice from me today, ring up your mom, give her a call, give her a text, maybe bring her some flowers or a gift and show her your appreciation today. Man, I really, really thought I would have heard the mom has been like, amen, or like clapping together and be like, come on, pastor, preach it, right? But reach out to your mom today. Shoot them a text, give them a call. Uh, you owe them your life. Like, no, really, in whatever your relationship is with your mom, uh, you do owe them your life and and whether you know your biological mom or the person that who was a mom to you, uh, show that appreciation. It's important for you to be able to do that. Um, and so as we go through Mother's Day today, um, God has some great things in store for moms. And it, it, I find it cool to think that women were the last thing that God actually created here on earth and then gave them the ability to continue his creation and so we truly do appreciate all the moms in here today. And this is your day. And uh, so, yeah, that's why another reason why Kelly isn't preaching. Because what kind of man makes his wife <laughs> preach on Mother's Day, right? Like, that's not really a day where you can take off, right? Enjoy yourself. And I told Kelly last night, I didn't tell her this, but I thought like telling her, hey, make sure you get all your chores done tonight so that you can take tomorrow off. And, you know, and so uh, she got them all done. So now she can rest today. And thankfully, uh, I don't know. So going into how to deal with discouragement, I want to talk about some, some desperate moms, uh, a passage in the Bible that talks about two desperate moms. And they're actually competing for two different things, but they were both lacking one thing. Man, that's good. I should probably write that down. They were both competing for two different things, but they were both lacking one thing. And it's the story of Rachel and Leah. Rachel and Leah were the wives uh, of Jacob. We could dive into that a little bit later. Don't have time for that uh, to talk into why Jacob had two wives and, and, and four actually baby mamas. Uh, bottom line is God works through imperfect people. And that was something that God allowed back then and that today it didn't really model his design for humanity. But here we are today. And so God is still working in and through his people to establish his kingdom here on earth. Right? So Jacob was, had eyes for this woman. Her name was Rachel. Rachel was very attractive. Now, the Bible doesn't have much to say about Leah. It, all it really says about Leah is that she had weak eyes. And uh, so you can take that for what it means. Uh, Leah means in the Old Testament cow and like fertile. And like so uh, we actually see that play out in the story of her life. Right? Bottom line is that Rachel, uh, Jacob had eyes for Leah, and he worked seven years for Laban to be able to get Rachel, but he was deceived, and he ended up marrying Leah, 
and he woke up the next day after the wedding. Maybe it was very dark. Maybe she had a bunch of veils. I don't know. But he woke up and said, Leah, and realized that the girl that he wanted to marry uh, wasn't the one. So he worked another seven years for Rachel. And uh, I want to talk about these two women that were married to Jacob that were looking for something that he couldn't give. And we pick up in Genesis 29. Genesis 29. So if you have your Bibles, let me see your Bible today. Lift it up. Lift it up. All right. Come on. Come on. All right. This may sound a little contradictory to what I've said in the past. But uh, stop using your phone to read the Bible. Here's the reason I'm finding out. That is a distraction device. And it pulls you away from what God is speaking so easily. Jordan said today we're having a, an amazing speaker, uh, Pastor Jabin Chavez, come to our city night on May 30th. And she said, I'm going to bring my notebook because uh, I don't want to take notes on my phone. And I just heard it. I was like, yeah, taking notes on your phone is good. You have it everywhere. But let's be honest, right? It can also pull you away from wherever you're at, right? So you can't actually be present. And so I want to encourage you, if you have a physical Bible, if you don't have one, go get one. Go pick one up. Maybe order one or we have free ones that you can have. But bring your Bible to church. Bring your physical Bible in church. If you don't think it's sacrilegious to write in it, maybe take some notes in it as well. So you have your Bibles. We're opening up Genesis chapter 29. And now so we hear about Jacob. Jacob loved Rachel. Didn't really love Leah because he felt like he was stuck with Leah. Like, and so I want you to put yourselves in these girls' shoes. And if you're a guy, just take a moment and kind of try to, try to see what these women are going through. We have two different wives, and we pick up in verse 31 of Genesis 29. It says, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. So God saw. Say God saw. God saw. God saw Leah. He saw her when Jacob did not. So I don't know where you're at in this place and that if you feel like people see you, but I want you to know today that God sees you. Do you believe that today? That God sees you right where you're at? Even if other people overlook you, even if other people reject you, even if other people pass you by, even if the one thing that you want, and that is for your husband to love you, he does not, God still sees you. It says, God saw that Leah was not loved. He enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. We're talking about discouragement. Evidently, she was discouraged. She used to go and says that her life was miserable. She was living in misery. But then she kind of has this little addition to that word, that the Lord has seen my misery Surely my husband will love me now. So now we're seeing that her life is, she, her goal is to have her husband love her. Right? She desires that. We know that in Genesis 3, that your desire, women's desires will be for their husband. And, and so we see that playing out here. And we pick up verse 33. So she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. So we kind of see this is all of a sudden like three years in two verses that we've seen. And then we pick up in verse 35, or no, verse 34. Again, she conceived, and when she gave birth to a son, she, she said, now at last my husband will become attached to me. You kind of see what she's after. Because I have borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. 
So we see her pursuing something, but never really getting a hold of it. And I don't care who you are, that would eventually lead you to discouragement. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. I want you to say that today. Say, this time I will praise the Lord. In other words, I'll thank the Lord. I'm going to thank the Lord. Because I can go around and try to get all these different things in life. But I'm going to take a moment right here with what I have, and I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to thank the Lord. So we see she has Judah. So she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children for a little while. Poor kids. That was like four years, right? That we just read real fast. All right? So now we see when Rachel saw, this is Genesis 30, verse 1. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. She became jealous of her sister who had something that she did not have. In other words, she was looking at her sister and saying, if I had what she had, then I would be complete. Then I would be whole. So then she said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Jacob became angry with her and said, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Right? Then she said, here's Balaam, my servant. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me, and I too can build a family through her. I was going to call this, like, maybe instead of calling it how to deal with discouragement, like, this is starting to get weird, guys. I can't have kids, so here's my servant. Have kids through her. Oh, it's, it gets weirder here. Right? So she gives a blah, sleep with her so she can bear children for me, and I too can build a family through her. So she gave him for her servant, Bilah, as a wife. Jacob slept with her, and she became pregnant and bore him a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He has listened to my plea and given me a son. Because of this, she named him Dan. Rachel's servant, Blah, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, I have had a great struggle with my sister, and I have won. I was going to call this, like, the desperate house rides of Panoram, which is where they're at. Like, man, they're... There's a feud going on here today. I have one, so she named him Naphtali. Now, when Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her servant Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a child. Then Leah said, what good fortune? So she named him Gad. Leah's servant Zilpah bore Jacob a second child. Then Leah said, how happy I am. Are you? Are you? I don't really think you're happy, Leah. The women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. Keep in mind, if you are basing your happiness based off of someone else's perception of you and how successful you are, you will never be happy. Because if you live by their applause, you die by their criticism. So in your life, you cannot base your courage, your strength off of what other people are doing. You need to take that down today. You can't. Because you're constantly jostling back and forth. What did Leah have? Leah had children, but not Jacob. What did Rachel have? Rachel had Jacob, but not children. And you see in their life, they're constantly pursuing something that they never actually find. We see Leah's rejected, and God immediately looks at Leah, and he actually, a person who is rejected, he actually selects 
to bring about his greater purpose through the lineage of Leah. So she finds that her craving for kids, she has this, this, this desire to be noticed by Jacob and and God notices her and the pain of feeling overlooked, that rejection that she was having. So God enables her to conceive. And Rachel's craving for kids, though, was because Leah had them and she didn't. But it could have also been because she just desired to have kids of her own. Right? So I find that in our lives, we'll always have this inner voice going back and forth on, hey, this is where you can find happiness. This is where you can find joy. And what I found is that if we base all of our lives off of that stuff, and it's not found in Christ, we will find that we'll perpetually be chasing something better. Better. Better is an odd phrase, isn't it? Man, I remember being in the gym and looking at one of my old high school classmates, and I, I thought, I want to be better than him at bench press. It's just, just an example. I don't got this in my notes. This is just real life. I show up, and I just start working harder. And eventually, I didn't even realize it, but I was stronger than him. But then I noticed another guy in the gym. And I said, I want to be better than him at bench press. What I found is that no matter how better you get, there's someone that's er. There's someone that, Abraham was from the land of er, er of the Chaldeans. There's always going to be someone better than you. And so if you're comparing your success to someone else, there will always be someone else that is better than you, how about you stop comparing yourself to other people and start looking at yourself and saying, it might be the best that I can be. It might be the best husband I can be. It might be the best wife I can be. It might be the best son I can be. It might be the best student I can be. It might be the best employee I can be. It might be the best employer that I can be. So we see that Rachel thought that children would make her happy. Leah thought Jacob loving her would make her happy. But neither of them sought what God thought about what would make them happy. What do you think God thinks about you being happy? They thought, once I have this, then it will be enough. But can I tell you today that until he is enough, it will never be enough. Until he's enough. Is he enough? What does God think about you going after the things that you want? Right? Well, let's pick up in Matthew chapter 6. Open up your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be there for a little bit. Matthew chapter 6. This is uh, within the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking. These are the words of Jesus. This is Matthew 6, verse 31. He says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. Say, seek first. Oh, that was weak sauce. They seek first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, Pastor Eli, but that's talking about like your essentials, what you will eat, what you will wear, what you will drink. We're talking about like children. Now, are children an essential thing in life? Well, we could dive into scripture. We could talk about how God likes to good give gifts to his children. And I believe children are a good gift. And we can read that throughout the entirety of scripture that talks about children are a blessing of the Lord. So I would say yes. But these are talking about like your needs, not necessarily your desires. All right, well, keep in mind the Bible didn't initially have chapters. 
right? So when a chapter turns to another chapter, that's not a changing of a story. That's just so that we can find the stuff. That's so that we can locate it. So this is one continual thought. This is one continual thought. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And this is the verse that everyone who smokes weed has memorized. Verse, chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. I see some of y'all like, what? <laughs> for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Do we see a similarity happen between Leah and Rachel here? Right? Man, if I just have what she has. A little bit of coveting happening. Man, I, I just want what she has. I just want this. There's, there's a level. Well, she's really happy. Well, Rachel was beautiful. But she was still missing something on the inside. Do not let outward success make you think that inwardly people are doing just as well. Sometimes the more successful you are, the harder it is to keep the inside healthy. We'll all crave the outside, the influence that we see on social media or on TV. But what I found is that if you're actually happy with your life, you don't need that stuff. If you actually feel like, man, God has blessed me and he has so blessed me. Being able to have that revelation and get this, that thankfulness of what God has done for you opens up all sorts of avenues for your life. Verse 3 says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Now, I know we're talking about like imperfections here, right? But can it also talk about perfections? Why do you look at that perfection in that other person, right? When you have good things going for you as well. Why are you looking at that other person who has the, the raise and has the car and has the job and has the family and has the marriage and when you have good things going for you as well, right? Because if, if that's true about looking at the sawdust in your neighbor's eye when you've got a plank in your own, what if it's also true of the fact that you're looking at someone's small little success when you got things that they would love to have? Rachel would have killed to have the children that Leah had. Leah would have killed to have the love that Jacob had for Rachel for her, right? Take a moment to look at the blessings that you have. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Keep in mind, this is all one big thought, right, that Jesus is giving. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they'll trample them under your feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. What is that in reference to? The things that God has entrusted you with, don't always just share them with everyone. There's some people that want to hear it, but don't waste your breath if they don't want to hear it. So some of you have been going around trying to get attention from certain people, and you're getting rejected, and it's hurting you, and you're throwing your pearls. You're laying your heart out before someone that is trampling on it. And God says, treat yourself better. Have a little bit more of self-dignity for yourself. Right? Stop, stop laying that out. It's evident. So what you're doing is you keep putting yourself out for rejection. And you need to be able to hear what the Father says about you, right? So then we pick up in the next verse. Remember, this is one complete thought when it says, do not worry about what you'll eat, what you'll wear. The pagans run out these things. And we were talking, well, that's, that's like your needs. Like God doesn't supply your needs. He, or he only supplies your needs. He doesn't supply your greeds and 
Well, let's keep that thought going. Verse 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Hold the phone. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For whoever asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. Verse 9, which of you, get this, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give give good gifts to those who ask him? Come on, that's good news this morning. That's good news this morning. Because you've been deceived. The Bible says that Rachel kept asking God. And I don't have this for you on the screen. But the Bible says that after they had several kids, God remembered Rachel. God remembered Rachel. And I want you to take a moment that maybe God remembered Rachel because Rachel took a moment to remember God and that he was her ever-present help in time of need, the all-sufficient one. She took a moment to reflect, even though I don't have, even though I don't have what I want, can I tell you that I'm rich? She took a moment to remember God remembered her and gave her the ability to conceive so which of you, if, asked, if your son asked for bread, will give him a stone? He won't. So what are you not asking God for that you're trying to get from the world? You're going to hear all sorts of voices in this world about what will bring satisfaction. That the world is calling out, consume, consume, consume. This will bring you happy. This will make you happy. This will make you. And what we are is we're living a perpetual light of discouragement. Always discouraged. I like shoes. I didn't always like shoes. I kind of did, though. If you ask my mom, I, I think I was, like, one of the first people, like, in my family or to buy, like, Vans because I used to skateboard, and I needed a real skateboarding shoe. By the way, those are skateboarding shoes. If all y'all need to know that, Vans are skateboarding shoes. SB stands for skateboard, right? I like shoes. But how many of y'all know you can spend $50, $75, $100, some of y'all $300 on a pair of shoes that you're just going to wear and they're going to go bad? Like, I have crease guards in these shoes. But they are going to get creased. And as I continue to wear them, they will lose value. And I will start to treat it differently because it doesn't look like what it used to look like. And then I'll think, I just need another pair of I'll just need another pair of shoes. Or maybe it's the car. God forbid it's the spouse. Maybe it's the job. I just need just a different type of avenue. Right? And that's what we see with Lee and Rachel. They're constantly pursuing something that they think will bring them fulfillment. What I found is it doesn't ever fulfill you. It actually just leaves you empty because... Your happiness fluctuates. This is, a, this is the pivot point. This is where you need to get this. Otherwise, like, you're going to realize, like Eva on the video, when she talked about going on the boomerang roller coaster and that she wasn't scared because mom was with her, this boomerang takes you all around. If you've been on it in a while, it's really rough. Like it's an old roller coaster, so your head's bobbling. So we're about to pivot right now, and if you don't pay attention, you're going to get thrown off, and you're going to completely miss this message, right? Your happiness fluctuates. And if you don't want to be on a roller coaster your whole life pursuing happiness, you have got to find stability. And stability, write this down today, comes from within. 
not from without. Stability in your life. Because some of y'all have been living like this. And every time you buy something new, right, you're on cloud nine. But as that starts to wear out, I just need something new. You're looking for a dopamine hit, something to make you excited, right? And you're living your lives like this in these troughs and these mountaintops and these valleys. And you've got to be able to find stability. People look at my wife and they're like, man, you guys are just staple. I looked at that as, man, we are just boring. That was like because stability comes from within. It's not based off, I'm happy, and everyone around me is going to call me happy. It's not about that. Right? It's about, am I really happy on the inside? Stability comes from within, not from without. Can I tell you that nothing out there, out there, out here will bring you happiness. So how do you deal with discouragement? Well, we read it earlier. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. And I've heard that, but I've had a tough time applying that. Because we hear the word say, seek first his kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. And what I think is, okay, the Lord's Prayer, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm just supposed to go through life and just say, okay, God, your will be done. Oh, I didn't get that? That must have not been God's will. So I'm just going to say, okay, God, your will be done. Man, I'd really like to have children, but I'm not having children. Okay, God, that must not be your will. So your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I believe that there's some truth to that, but, big but, a big but, and I cannot lie about it. I believe that that creates passivity. And I don't want you to live a passive life, and I don't think we're called to live a passive life. I think seeking first his kingdom is about a heart, right? But there's some action that you are supposed to take that aligns with that heart that I don't think we, got, we share a lot with you today that I want to be able to share. And I frankly, I don't hear it preached a lot about. And there's this one word called thankfulness. You seeing the pivot here? Right? Are you seeing the pivot here? I want, I want, I want. Well, don't want anymore. Seek his kingdom. Okay, I seek his kingdom. But now what? Some people stay there. But I want to take you on another spot, another step right here. This is how you can apply this to your life. This one word, thankfulness. Okay? So we read in Colossians 6, 2, 6, says this. It says, so then, just as you have received Christ as Lord, continue, continue to live your life in him, rooted and built up, in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overthrowing with what? Thankfulness. Oh, y'all need to give some feedback. Overflowing with what? Thankfulness. See, we hear, do not be anxious about anything, but through everything, through prayer and supplication, make your prayer request be made known to God, and the God of peace will surpass all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. But we always leave out with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. You don't want to be anxious? God, help me not to be anxious. But then we leave out, and with thanksgiving. Thankfulness is the action step when it comes to seeking first his kingdom that we all need to take. Thankfulness rooted and built up, yes, but also overflowing with thankfulness. There's some people that they go around, they're rooted, they're built up, but they are stuck up. Right? I'm just enduring until the end. 
bro, you got air in your lungs. Bro, you got a life to live. You got clothes on your back. You got a voice in your mouth. Right? I see people going around. They just, oh, I'm just built up and rooted. Yes, that's good. Agricultural term. Cool. Rooted. Built up. Architectural term. Cool. Building up higher and higher. But, man, you are stuck up. You need a little bit of more of a thankful words coming out of your mouth. Thankfulness. What do you have to be thankful for? There's a story of this man, this Chinese man, and, and he has these horses, and this horse ran away, and, and the, the, the village came up to the man and said, man, that sucks. Your horse ran away. The Chinese farmer said, maybe. Well, the next day, the horse came back with several other horses, and the village came up to him and said, man, that's awesome. Look at all the horses you got. Isn't that amazing? And the man said, Maybe. Well, the next day, the son was trying to break in one of these horses and teach him how to be tamed, and it, it bucked him off, and he fell off, and he broke his leg. And the village came out to the farmer, the, the Chinese farmer, and he goes, man, that sucks. Your son broke his leg. And the man goes, well, maybe. The next day, the military comes by. They're looking for young men to fight in a war and take them away, but they can't take his son because he has a broken leg. And the family goes, the, the, the village goes up to the man and says, man, isn't that amazing? They didn't take your son because he had a broken leg. The farmer says, well, maybe. Moral of the story is, you don't know if having children is going to help you find out what success you need in life. And you don't know if not having children is going to make you happy in life. You don't know what's going to come of it. You don't know if your lack will actually give you motivation to do something that will actually make a much bigger difference. Because maybe you lost your job because you're called to start a business. And you're looking at yourself like, man, this sucks. I lost my job. Well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's some time you can devote more to prayer and the word. And maybe time to your family and your kids. And, and maybe that job was choking you out anyway. And God saw the path that was leading. So God put something in the middle to stir it up. To wake you up. And maybe. See, some bad things have happened in your life. And you can look at them and say, man, that sucks. That's horrible that that happened. I don't know how I'm going to recover from this. But what I know is that you don't got to worry about from tomorrow. You don't got to worry about it. Today has enough of itself. Here's the thing. If you have a good father who's with you, you don't got to worry about it. So this is what we do is we think Thanksgiving, right? So Leah's all upset because she can't get loved by by, by, by Jacob, right? But Leah didn't know what was coming through her bloodline. So she had Reuben. She had Simeon. She had Levi. Now my husband will notice me. Now my husband will see me. Now I'll actually be loved. But then Judah, she said, this time, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to thank the Lord. Well, she didn't know. She didn't have the whole Bible like we do today. And we can look back and say, man, Leah, did you know what you had? So we pick up in Matthew chapter 1. It talks about all these genealogies leading up to Jesus. Right? In Matthew chapter 1, it talks about this. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to go through a few. It says, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the son of Leah. And then we see in Jacob, this is a different Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus who is called the Messiah. 
She didn't real, he didn't realize. Leah did not realize what was going to become of this one Judah. But God says, I'm going to save the world through this one person. And so what you have been looking over, looking, is oftentimes in your life an opportunity disguised in discouragement. Do you want to know how you can find courage and overcome discouragement? Take a moment and be thankful for all that God has done for you. I'm going to have you stand to your feet. So here, I want to give you some, some quick steps here. Right? We're going to go through these and we close and the worship team will sing us out and then uh, we'll, we'll pray blessing over you guys and we'll be on our way. And I hope this is, encourages you today. As you go throughout your week, I want to give you just some practical things. Um, remember these two phrases, and you can pick either one that you want to use. This one is thankful three or grateful eight. Okay, it kind of rhymes a little bit, so it can help you remember. Great eight, eight, eight. Th think of eight things you're grateful for. Think of three things you're thankful for. You can do either one. See, some of us, we think when we get discouraged, we just think, no, I can't think about that. I can't think about that. I can't think about that. And all you're going to think about is how Jacob doesn't love you. Or all you're going to think about is that you don't have any kids. But I want you to take a moment. Rather than saying to yourself, I can't think about that. Don't fight those. But redirect your thoughts. Don't just tell yourself, I can't think about that stuff because it makes me discouraged. Okay, that's true. But I'm thankful for this. This is what I do have. So this is the last point I have. If you're taking notes, write this down. A grateful heart is a stable heart. You want stability in your life? Be grateful. So we're going to practice this just a little bit. Okay? Thankful for us. What I'm thankful for. And if some of these resonate with you, you can take them. These are some of the things that I do. Right? So, God, I thank you for my breath. God, that I have air in my lungs, that I have life. God, I thank you for the clothes on my back. God, that I'm able to wear. Some were given to me. Some were purchased. Some need to be replaced. <laughs> but God, I thank you for the clothes that I'm wearing today. God, I thank you for my Honda Civic, my 2012 Honda Civic that is so reliable. God, I love driving in that car. It gets me where I want to go where I need to go. God, I thank you for my family. And I got such an incredible wife, a great mom to my kids. And God, I got the four best kids in the world. God, I thank you for my home. And God, I thank you for my health. And some of these things you may feel like I don't really resonate with. But that's okay, because you have your own. You may not have Jacob, but you got kids. You may not have kids, but you got Jacob. And you got to take a moment to remember God, I thank you for the good times, but here's a level of growth. God, I thank you for the bad times as well. You guys all know that song? I thank you for sunshine. I thank you for rain. I thank you for joy. I thank you for pain. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Learn to thank God. Those are the things that you need to take home today. You want to know how to overcome discouragement? Thank the Lord.
Today I will thank the Lord. Amen. 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 Let's go out and worship today. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.